thank you for being God because above you, God, there is no other God. Father God, as I speak unto your people on tonight, I thank you that their hearts are open and receptive to receive what you have for them on tonight. And I thank you that we all have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. So, Father, we ask in Jesus' name for the Holy Spirit to be our helper and our teacher on tonight. Because we cannot do it by ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have been talking about the plagues of Egypt. And we're going to continue um, talking about the plagues. And I'm going to close out with the plagues tonight, but I'm going to add a little bit more to it. Um, I'm going to go over all the plagues tonight briefly, and then I'm going to go over a little bit more. And I'm going to give you the scriptures where the plagues are, so you'll be well, uh, aware of where they are. We talked about the water turning into blood. That's in the book of Exodus 7, 17 through 25. That was the first plague. The water turning into blood was Exodus 7, 17 through 25. The second one was the frogs, Exodus 8, verse 2 through verse 14. Exodus 8, verse 2 through verse 14. The third was the lice, you know, which was the um, gnats. And that was Exodus 8, 16 through 19. Exodus 8, 16 through 19. And then we have the flies, which was in Exodus 8. 21 through 24, Exodus 8, 21 through 24. The fifth one was the death of the livestock, was Exodus 9, 2 through 7, Exodus 9, 2 through verse 7. And then we have the bulls, that was Exodus 9, 8 through 12, Exodus 9, 8 through 12. And then we have the hail. Exodus 9, 13 through 35. Exodus 9, 13 through 35. Then the eighth plague was locusts. That's Exodus 10, verse 1 through verse 20. Exodus 10, verse 1 through verse 20. And then we have the ninth plague, which was darkness. Exodus 10, 21 through 29. Exodus 10, 21 through 29. And then the final plague was the death of the firstborn. Exodus 12, 29 through 36. And the reason for all of these plagues was to let the Egyptians know that God is the only true and living God. That's what he wanted them to know, that he's the only true and living God. And all of these plagues, what was going on was that God was letting them know through their livestock, through the bulls, dealing with the livestock, you know, that was dealing with a God dealing with the cow. They had a, a cow as a God. So when God came against those livestock, he was letting them know that he was above that God. So he was just bringing out he's above every God. When you look at the... Um, when he bought dealing with the atmosphere, um, when it was dealing with the hail, he was letting them know he was all over that. Why? Because he's the creator. He creates everything. So that's what he was letting them know. He was the creator, that he creates everything. He is Elohim. He really wanted them to know 
who he, he was. So go back through those plagues, review all of those, because I know it'll help you to understand even more. But I want to start here tonight. I want to talk about why did God want to rescue Israel? Why did God want to rescue Israel? I want to back up a little bit, and then you'll understand dealing with all these plagues. Why did God want to rescue Israel? First of all, Israel is God's firstborn, and I'm going to explain that. Israel is God's firstborn. We find that in Exodus 4, 22 through 23. Exodus 4, 22 through 23. And it reads, And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, Behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. So here we see that God was talking to Pharaoh. We're talking to Moses, telling Moses, this is what I want you to say to to Pharaoh. And he was saying that Israel is my son, even my firstborn. So why would God use this terminology here, saying that Israel was his son, his firstborn? The reason being is because... Um, all of this started in Genesis 12, chapter, um, verses 2 through verse 3. Genesis 12, 2 through verse 3. It says, y'all know about Abraham. It came through Abraham. And I will make thee a great nation. I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So this started through Abraham. He told Abraham, I'm going to make of thee a great nation. So what was going on, I'm going to read this and you're going to understand more. Deuteronomy 7, verse 6. Deuteronomy 7, verse 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. So what God was doing here, it was a lot of nations. But God chose Israel out of all of those nations. That's why he called Israel my son and my firstborn because it was a lot of nations. But he chose Israel out of all the nations. And we know it come through Abraham. Israel come through Abraham. So let's talk about why did God choose Israel? Now that's the next thing we want to talk about. The first thing we talked about is Israel is God's firstborn. And the reason why, and all the firstborn, they come through Abraham. So that's Genesis 12, verse 2 through verse 3. And why did God choose Israel? Let's talk about that. He chose Israel to reconcile all nations to Yahweh, to Jehovah. Let's look at Exodus 19, verse 5 through 6. And all of this, you're going to come to understand why all of these plagues have happened. Exodus 19, verse 5 through verse 6 says now therefore if you will obey my voice he's talking to israel indeed and keep my covenant then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests a holy nation these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of israel so what god was doing he was using the nation of israel that come through abraham he said, I want y'all to be 
peculiar people, peculiar treasure unto me above all people. So God was letting them know you're going to stand out above all the nations because I have chose you as my firstborn. So that's why he said you are peculiar people. You're going to stand out above all the nations. But he said, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. This is what a priest does. The role of a priest is to mediate. It is to restore relationship between two parties. So he said, you shall be a kingdom of priests. That means that they mediate, they restore relationships between two parties. So Israel was going to represent who God is upon, you know, over all those nations. So it goes on to say a holy nation is set apart. Someone that's holy, they're set apart. They are called to display who Yahweh is to all the nations so that all the world, so all of them would come to know and worship the one true God. So God pulled Israel out of all the nations. Why? He wanted that one nation to show people that he was Yahweh, that he was Jehovah, that he was the only true and living God. So he had to have a nation to represent who he was, to let everybody know that he was Jehovah. He was the only true existing God. Now, the reason why I'm going back through this, because when you go all the way back, up to these plagues, you come to understand what God was doing. If you don't know this part, we'll just look at it as if, you know, God just sent some plagues. That was it. But he did it for a reason. And this is what he was telling them. This is how you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be holy. You're supposed to be set apart. You're supposed to be different. You didn't choose me. I chose you. He said it was some that was way um, bigger than they were. But he chose them because those as his firstborn, as his son. So that's where that firstborn is coming from. It was a lot of nations, but God said, I'm choosing Israel. So when we look at the word of God, sometimes we have to stop and say, well, why did he say, you know, son, um, only son and firstborn? He was talking about Israel, that whole nation, not just one person, the whole nation, because we know Jesus is his only begotten son one and only begotten son but this right here is different so you have to do some research to go back to see why God said what he said and then it's going to lead up to these plagues so we see that Israel come through who they come through Abraham so when Israel come through Abraham if you read on up from Abraham and you saw how things were and it wasn't looking too good you know people were in sin doing a lot of stuff but look what God did. He, he chose Israel and he wanted them to be set apart. He wanted them to be different. He wanted them to show the other nations who God is, the God that they serve for real. So the next thing is, um, Israel is, is, let me, I don't want to miss anything. So this is what Israel did. Now understand, I'm getting to the plagues, but I want everybody to be on one accord because it gets so good, y'all, when you sit there and you're reading it and you're reading it, you're like, wow, okay, God, understand now, understand what you're doing. Israel is in the perfect position to reveal God to the nations. Let me tell you how um, they would be able to reveal God to, to the nations. They have seen and experienced Yahweh's power and, and how he rescued them from Egypt. So this is why we, remember when they went into Egypt. Now remember what he told Abraham. If you go back and read about Abraham, he told Abraham that that, that nation, that they were going to be in bondage for 400 and some years. 
He told Abraham about this and Abraham wasn't even here to see it. But God let him know what was going to happen. But through all of this happening, not only was Egypt going to know that God was the only true and living God and that he was all powerful over every God, the Israelites would know that as well. And guess what they would do? If you go through your Bible, you see in all of them talking about how great God is. They remembering way back on how he departed the Red Sea. They remembering way back on how all the plagues and stuff that God put upon the Egyptians. So that's why that Israel would let all the other nations know about how great God is because they experience, you know, the greatness of God when they were going through, even in those plagues, even when those plagues was happening. So how does all of this begin? Now we're going to start here. So I set a scene. Did y'all see the scene? Teresa, you see the scene. (laughs) I'd be watching Teresa. She'd be like. (laughs) So I can tell she meditating on it. But when you when you go into the word of God and you really read the word of God and know what the word is saying, when somebody is bringing it to you, it's a picture there. See, the enemy don't want you to see a picture. See, you can't only read the word. You have to study the word. You have to meditate on the word. And when you begin to meditate on the word, roll it over and over again, what happens, you begin to see what you meditate on and it becomes alive. It becomes real to you when you begin to see it. So the next thing is, how does all of this begin? We're going to start with God's messenger, which is Moses. Let's back up to Moses, y'all. Now, y'all remember when Pharaoh was looking at all the children of Israel and he was seeing how they were multiplying. We know that Joseph died, right? They were in Goshen, but we know that Joseph died. It was another king, Pharaoh, come forth, and he was looking at how they were multiplying. So what was he saying? Let's kill all the what? Male children. So he was, you know, going forth to kill them. But we know what happened to Moses. God was raising Moses up to be a deliverer. And how did God do this? He put him in Pharaoh's household. Isn't that something? God put him right amongst the enemies. But before God put Pharaoh, I mean, Moses amongst his enemies to stay with them, God had this worked out too. He allowed Moses' mother to raise him up. How does she raise him up? In the way of Jehovah. Letting him know that Jehovah is the only true existing God. So she taught him their way of living, their way of being, which would come through Jehovah. So when Moses was in there with them, remember when the um, Hebrews were fighting one another. But before that, we know what Moses did to the Egyptian, right? Because the Egyptian was coming against one of the Hebrews. What did he do to that Egyptian? He killed him. Right. So then when he saw his brothers fighting, so you know that Moses was raised up. Well, why? Because when he saw his brothers fighting, he said, wait a minute, you brothers. He knew that they supposed to be sticking together. He said, you can't be coming against one another. So what did they do? They come back at Moses. Yeah. Yeah. Like you killed that Egyptian. So Moses knew I got to get out of Dodge. So y'all know Moses got out of Dodge and it was his own people. Why is it when it's your own people you're looking out for that they turn on you? Hmm. Anyway, so Moses, he left town and he went. Y'all know he had the experience with God with the burning bush, right? 
So that's when God spoke to him and God began to tell him he heard the cries, you know, of his children, of the Israelites. He heard their cries and he have come down to deliver them out of bondage. So we know he was preparing Moses. That's the one that he was preparing to deliver them out of bondage. But this is what Moses was saying. Now, first, I'm going to give you this. God's mess. We know that Moses is God's messenger and I back. Up way back, but I'm going to start here at Exodus 4:21. It says in King James, and the Lord said unto Moses, when thou go to return into Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thy hand, but I will harden his heart and he shall not let the people go. So we know that God chose Moses. He told Moses everything that I have put in your hand, the wonders. I want you to do these wonders before Pharaoh. So we know that he was the one that was going to stand on the behalf of God to represent God to Pharaoh. Now, God had to prove. This is the first thing. We went over this before. We know that Moses is the messenger of God. He's the one that God has chosen Moses didn't choose himself. God chose him. What am I telling you? It's a lot of people that are out there that saying they're this, that, or the other, but God didn't choose them to do that. And if he has not chosen them to do that, I don't care what they do. It will not work. It may look like it's working. That's why all of us have to be careful who we tone into, because if you don't tone into the word of God first, and you don't get to know God for yourself first and foremost, you will be fooled. The Bible say even the elect will be fooled. So if you're watching somebody and it seems as if, man, that's, that's right, that's right, that's right. But you never in the word of God and you never search the scriptures, you never get revelation from the word, you will accept anything and say that God said when God have not said. So you have to be careful. So we know Moses was the one that God chose. But the first thing that God had to do with Moses was, When he began to talk to Moses and tell Moses, I'm going to send you into Egypt and I want you to bring my people out of Egypt. Now, Moses began to tell God this. This is Exodus 3, 13 through 14. So what God had to do, first of all, we know he had to show Moses, y'all. He had to show him that he was God, you know, through that burning bush. So he had his time with God. But then he had to prove to the Israelites that he was the only true and living God. Exodus three thirteen through 14 says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. Why would God say this to Moses and say, introduce me as I am? That I am mean that I don't have no, nobody didn't create me. I am self-existing. I stand alone. This is what God was saying. It was so many gods. This is the problem. It was so many gods around um, Israel that God had to identify himself of being the only self-existing God above every God. So that's why he said, I am, I'm self-existing. Nobody didn't create me. I stand alone. I don't need no help. This is what he was telling Moses. This is how I want you to introduce me to the children of Israel. So they had to get to know him as the only true and living God, the only God that exists. 
There is no other God but him. Isn't that awesome? So when we go back, you see, when you go back and you come up to this point, then your lights come on in your head and you're saying, wow, I don't know about y'all, but I know about me. Because you can read it so many times and you can just read through it, but you don't stop to say, or the, you don't stop when the Holy Spirit tell you to stop when he's giving you illumination to say, stop right there. Because I was praying and I said, God, it's more to this than just these 10 plagues. I said, I can, I can continue with the 10 plagues, but God, what are you saying? What do you want them to see? He said, I want you to back up. I want you to back up and I want them to understand how did these plagues come about? Why did they come about? And you have to understand that God always needs someone to represent him, to stand before whomever he send them to, to let them know I am God. And that's what we supposed to be doing, doing this pandemic, doing whatever come up in anybody's lives. We supposed to represent God to the point that they know that God sent us. That they know it's not dealing with the natural. This is dealing with a supernatural God that's above all gods. And this is what we supposed to be doing. The same thing that Moses is doing. We supposed to be doing it with the great commission. No matter where you go, you should know that God is with you. And if he's sending you to a place, God want to manifest himself to let people know, I'm higher than that. I'm back. I'm bigger than that. You know, I can do um, more than what they're doing now. Trust me. Try me and see. That's what we supposed to be doing. And this is why I talk about my granddaddy so much is because the things that I saw through him that God done with him, I knew that there was a God, y'all. And that's the, how many of us, you, you hear about God, people talk about him in your family, but you don't see no evidence. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We always was taught, go to church, you know, saying, yes, Jesus loves me. You don't want to die and go to hell. You don't want to talk that way, but you never see the experience. You, you don't see the manifestation. Amen, somebody. So see the house I stayed in, when this man said something about God, he manifests himself right there in front of you. So that's why I know that God exists. When things happen in my life, God reminded me through the Holy Spirit. He reminded me I do exist because he would take me back just like they were in Egypt. And God took them back to where they were when they had different. Come on, y'all. When Nehemiah prayed, when Daniel prayed, when all them people prayed, where did they go back to the red sea and bondage? We were once in bondage. But God brought us out. Some of them probably weren't even born yet. <laughs> but they were told, you were in my belly, baby, but you were still in bondage. But God brought us out of bondage. That's why you in this promise. Y'all don't get it. Do you get it? I'm so excited because when he was using my granddaddy showing me, I, I told y'all this before. It was a young girl. They told her in. She was limp. Her fingers was turned in and she couldn't walk or anything. So I was sitting to the table courting on my little date up there at the dining room table. And we sitting there and they, they took her and sat her beside granddaddy. And I remember him saying, he said, first of all, I am not God. He said, I am an instrument that God used. But if you will believe the word on today, you're going to leave out of here walking. I heard that and I'm like, mm-hmm. 
So I'm hearing granddaddy back there. Y'all just talk the word. That's all he did. He just talked the word. Talked the word. Talked the word. Next thing I knew, the girl walked past me. And I ran out the door before she even got to the door. I saw manifestation. I saw... And see, the reason why I believe God allowed me to see these things is because where I am today. He allowed me to see people on their dying beds. He allowed me to see people in their wheelchairs and prayer service and people getting healed. And um, y'all, it was an awesome time. And I always wondered, why I always got to go with granddaddy? He talked too long. We're going to be over there all night. I don't want to go with granddaddy. But I see why I had to because... When they had that experience in Egypt, that was an experience that they told from generation to generation. And everybody that heard of that experience, they began to pass it down to their children. They talked about it, what, during the day. They talked about it when they laid down. They talked about it when they rose, you know, up in the morning. They just constantly talked about what God done. How many of us constantly talk about? The goodness of Jesus and all that he's done. And see, the more you talk about it, the more it comes alive and the more it begins to manifest because you're talking about it. Guess what? Some of them didn't experience Egypt. But because they heard about what happened in Egypt and when they begin to get into some situations, they begin to pray to God and say, you're the same God. That brought them out of bondage. You're the same God that departed the Red Sea. And they begin to give God the word. And guess what? God began to do some signs and wonders right there in front of them. So this is why God had me to go back. He said, go back through this because you got to lead up to those plagues and why it was all of those plagues. So we get to the point. Moses is the messenger. He sent to Pharaoh. And he sent to Pharaoh. And then the first thing he does, though, he had to go to God's people and he had to give them proof that he's got. Y'all check this out. Isn't this something? God, first of all, had to tell them I'm the one and only true and living God. You tell them I am. Okay, I know that you telling me to tell them I am. But God, when I go tell them. That you're the only true and existing God. How are they going to believe me? God already had it covered. When we tell people that there is a God above all gods, God has to manifest himself above whom they're serving to say he is God. Did y'all not know that? You cannot go in a place and say you know God without leaving God there. <laughs> They got you. That's just a bunch of talking. When you go in a place and you say, I want to tell you that my God, the God I serve, is bigger than your God, can do more than your God can do. My God can raise the dead. My God can heal the sick. My God can put money in your bank when it don't look like it's no money. Now, if you're talking all that, God's going to have to manifest himself. To say that he's God. That's why you only speak what you believe. You only speak what, if you don't believe it yourself, why are you speaking it? That's why you got to get, this is why he said, now, 
Moses said, go to Exodus 4, verse 1 says, Exodus 4, verse 1. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, the Lord have not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, what is in, what's in thine hand? And he said, a rod. So we know he cast a rod to the ground. It turned into a serpent. Moses fled. Then God told him to put forth his hand, take it by the tail and put forth his hand and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand. So God showed him signs and wonders to show those Israelites that God was still God. Sometimes we as believers... When people come to you and tell you, you you may have just started out believing or saying you believe God. And they come to you and they begin to talk about God. Or you begin to talk about God and they're saying, no, I don't know about all that. I I I don't think I can be healed. But God gave you, telling you, lay hands on them and tell them that they are the healed of the Lord. So you lay hands on them and you say, you are the healed of the Lord. By Jesus' stripes, you are already healed. And all of a sudden, they're saying, I don't have pain. The pain is gone. So God is going to manifest himself to let them know that he is God. I remember when we used to have um, Bible study in the house. And Jennifer, I think you remember this. It was some women that was coming to the house. And it was one lady. She was having problems. And I told y'all this before. And I was just starting out you know, believe in God, but just observing. And I remember the girl was in her face telling the demon, come out, demon, come out. You come out of her. The lady turned red. I mean, she was turning red. And she said, you see how she's manifesting? So I'm sitting there and I was quiet and and God said, stop her now. He said, she need healing tonight. I want you to stop her right now. And then he showed me a red dot in her back. He said, that's where she's hurting. He said, you stop her now. That's no demon. She's in pain. So I said, stop right there. And I said, are you in pain? And it's right here. She said, I said, well, this is what God says. Now, this is what God did. This is the funny part. Tell her to do some jumping jacks. Oh, no. I done hit the spot now. I done told her what you said. She's in pain. But tell her to do jumping jacks. He said, tell her. I said, do some jumping jacks. I said, God said, do some jumping jacks. She done them. She said, I don't feel my pain no more. I haven't done this since I was a child. What was God doing? And guess what? She was a believer. Was she not? She was saved, but God needed to show her, I am who I said that I am. I'm a healer on tonight. Y'all see the difference? That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be letting people know who he really is. We don't just talk about him, we be about him. When we tell them what the word is saying, just like granddaddy was telling her that God was a healer and he bringing scriptures out the Bible about people being healed, the girl left out of their heel. Why? Because God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? God was not going to be made ashamed of. Neither was granddaddy because granddaddy said, I'm not God. I'm his instrument. But if you believe, you will leave out of here walking. Did not God back up what he told my granddaddy? Did not God back up what he told me about the lady in the jumping jacks? He's God. So when we let people know who he is, 
by the name that he go by, if I say he's Jehovah Jireh, guess what? He's going to provide. If I come to Jennifer Simpson and say, baby, he's Jehovah Jireh. It don't matter what your bills look like. It don't matter what your check look like. God said he's already provided. And guess what? He's going to do exactly what he said. That's just how he is. It doesn't matter what man say. This is what God is saying. So when God come to you with one of his redemptive names, if he say, I'm Jehovah Shalom, Teresa, that mean I'm a God of peace. And he's saying peace is with you. So when, when she take that word, when he told her who he was, guess what he's going to do? He's going to release some peace in your house, some peace with your children, some peace with your husband, some peace with your grandchildren, some peace on your job. Because he's Jehovah Shalom. Whatever name he tell you that he is, that's who he is. And Renee, he's Jehovah Rapha. He is the God that healeth thee. He said, you already healed of asthma. You already healed of allergies. You already the healed of the Lord. Because that's who I say that I am. So be healed in Jesus' name. Lungs are whole in Jesus' name. Breathing is normal in Jesus' name. Because that's who I say I am. And he don't go back on who he say he is. So we take him for who he says that he is. And matter of fact, Jehovah Rapha that's in you is coming through you to do what he said that he's going to do. Because that's who he is. So when we take him for who he is, then that's just who he is. That's just who he is. How many go to a doctor? Because you go to a doctor because it's got a doctor in the front of his name. When you go to that doctor, whatever they specialize in is what you expect them to do. Is that not right? So you go in with an expectancy and you come out with an expectancy. You trust in them. But we have a great physician. That's above every physician. And when we call on him, the Bible said he will answer. That he will show us great and mighty things that we don't know. That's the God we serve. And if we're going to introduce him, let's give him the introduction that he deserves. Not hoping that it's going to happen. We go in and know it's already happened. Even before I got there, it's already done. That's what we're supposed to do. And Eunice, Jehovah Rapha has heard you. Already done. Already done. So see, if you heard them redemptive names tonight and he didn't even call out your name, the only thing you can say is, thank you, Lord. I receive that, Lord. Because we all serve the same God. He didn't choose which Israelite he was going to be I am to. He was I am to all of them. It was just up to them to take on I am. That's the only difference. If he didn't call your name, he's still who he say he is. He still will do what he says he's going to do because that's just who he is.
So that's what we have to believe. God, you don't go back on your word. You don't go back on your promises. God, you're going to remain the same. No matter what I do, your word is not going to change. So this is what he had to do. First of all, he had to show his very own people that I am. And not only that, he said, I'm the only true and living God, but I'm going to manifest myself to you through these signs and wonders so you'll know that I'm God. How many of us, um, when we first got saved and we was truly trying to trust God, how many times did God manifest himself to you to let you know that he's God? Come on, and the the more you grow, it seemed like all that die out. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Yeah, let, let me give you an example. When we was over there in Little House on the Perry, and God started me teaching on all of this stuff y'all are getting now, the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, all of this stuff. So it was baby Christians over there. So what God was doing, he was manifesting himself. Wasn't he, Jennifer? I mean, he was doing some manifesting. Why? He said, because I got to get you to know that I'm God for yourself. So he manifested so one night when I was teaching on the Holy Spirit. And as I was teaching on the Holy Spirit, Brother John, rest his soul. Brother John was sitting there and God said, turn around and tell him. I can't remember the exact words. What he have asked for tonight concerning the Holy Spirit. Basically, God said, I'm going to give it to him. So when I turned around, I could see John's eyes now. (laughs) This is how God did John. John was going through some things in his life, and he told y'all his testimonies, how he was on that marijuana and all this stuff. (laughs) He was on this stuff, and he wanted to get delivered from it. Everybody was thinking, now this is, and John told y'all this, everybody was thinking that John was so spiritual that John didn't need no deliverance. But thank God for a leader that knew what was there, and it had to come out. So every, and now I'm going to tell you another thing about John, too. So all of a sudden, John's sitting there, and God had me to turn around to John and tell him what he said. John was like a chair. I'm not lying. Am I? This truth. He was bent down and could not move. Y'all, when I turned around, he was there for a long time. I said, Jesus. He said, Pastor. Just like that. He said, Pastor, help me. Y'all, I felt so sorry for John. So I turned around to go help him. I touched his hand. God said, let him go. I'm not through with him yet. I said, okay. I let him go. John did not come out of that until the next day. They had to help John get home. Now, he come out the rocking chair thing, but he was toe up. They had to help John, right? So John said, what I asked God for, I want to know about the Holy Spirit. But see, John needed some deliverance. (laughs) So God was showing him who he was through what he asked. That wasn't the only time with John. We was in here, we would have little services after church, and we'd be sitting in here with the second service going. This is how bad it got, y'all. After service would get over, they would sit there and wait for something else. Everybody lined up. So John would run from me. And I said, come here, John. No, Pastor. I'm not coming, Pastor. It wasn't from me. It was from the God in me. So John, I said, come here, John. Come here. No, Pastor. Don't touch me, Pastor. I said, John, I don't have to touch you. So I lifted my hand, and I'm going to show you all a picture. 
And I did like this. John fell over chairs, head dangling. Two rows, could not move. Then there was another time. See, the thing is, God was delivering John. Some people didn't know the difference between deliverance and really the Holy Spirit just being upon you, right? So everybody thought that John, ooh, God, this, I want what John got. No, you didn't. Because God was doing a work in John because John asked God to do that work. And when you ask God to do a work in you, God will do that work. So it was many times that God did a work in John because John wanted that work done. So what am I saying to you? When your heart is turned completely to God, no matter what you're going through, God hears your cry. And God waits to see how long you're going to wait on him too. Then I had an aunt, rest her soul. She wanted to quit smoking, y'all. She crying every time you come to, oh, Jesus, help me get rid of this nicotine. And I looked at her, I said, every time you put one up to your mouth, say, thank you, God, I'm already delivered. Thank you, God, I'm already set free. I said, that's all you need to do. She said, okay. So she left it alone. She followed instructions. We went to a church one night, and this lady looked at her, and she went to her and whispered in her ear. And I mean, she was running down the aisle. I thought she was going to tear up the church. She was just saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Lady didn't know her from Adams. I said, what did she say? She said, God said, you've been delivered from nicotine tonight. And from that time on, she didn't take another smoke. What am I saying? When it comes to young believers, God will reveal himself. But the more you get into the word... And you grow in him. You don't need all that no more. To believe that he's God. Because see that's how we started out. We were following everything that we can follow. We was in the bonies way in the woods. If somebody killed us. Nobody wouldn't know it would they Jennifer. They wouldn't know where to find us. Our blood would have to cry from the ground. <laughs> and say oh that's Jennifer. But this is what I'm saying. The more you get of him. You ain't looking for them signs and wonders no more. You just know God is who he says he is. Those signs and wonders are for unbelievers. Once you end up growing in him, you just believe God. You're not looking for something to say that he's God. So if, if you have not really grown up in him, you're going to keep looking. And that's not what we should be doing. We should just take him at his word and go on and say, God, you said it. That's what you say. That's what I'm going to do. So this is why I'm saying God had to let those Israelites know I'm God and I'm going to show you that I'm God. So he had to use Moses as his messenger, as his instrument, as his representative to reveal I am unto them. But Moses had to follow God's instructions. He could not go in there and trying to do it Moses way because we got a lot of people. That got people saying they this, that, or the other. And I'm going to give y'all another one. We went to one service and it was a man in there dressed up like Jesus. Had the hair. Had people toting around the sandals. Me and Jennifer, my husband, sitting there. And all of a sudden, he looked at me. I'm going to read your mail. Remember, Jennifer? He said, I'm going to read your mail. I said, read it. 
Now we normally stay for food. <laughs> now we stay for food. Then they had a woman dressed in black. Never forget, she looked like a witch. Dressed in black, doing a head like a chicken. I see, I see, I see, I see. Going around the room and, and they had her all stirred up like she see. And I'm like, what you see? That was the last time <laughs> we left. What am I saying? Some people do those things to stir people up, to make people think they're hearing God and they're not. So God took us through all of those experiences, y'all, to get me to a place of hearing this last prophet say, God say he ain't sending you nobody else. I said, the devil is a lie. <laughs> God, you can't leave me like this. He'll break you to make you. Son, you remember? You remember some of them nights, right? It was one night <laughs> we walked around somebody's house seven times in the dark. God ain't told us to do that, but we did it. Red and white. There you go, Sonia. Red and white. But see, God will uh, have you going through stuff to let you know that's not me. <laughs> so what am I saying to y'all? And I'm going to stop here because I got more. I'm saying that we, first of all, got to know who he is. He's the I am. And God will reveal himself to us to let him know I'm talking to you. And I'm going to tell you something. I got to tell you one more because I'm seeing it. One night I was on my way to a church. And I was with this lady that God sent me. And I tell you, God just really connected us. And I was a young babe in Christ and I would have unctions, but I didn't know what was going on with me. So one night we was coming from church and I told her, I said, I need to go to this lady's house. I don't know why I need to go to her house, but I have an unction. I, I really need to get there. She said, well... You know what I'm talking about. She said, I don't know, but if God is telling you that, Amanda, I believe you're hearing him. So I'm going to take you to that lady's house. Y'all, I got out the, the car, walked up to the lady's door. She looked at me and said, I've been waiting on you. My knees start trembling. <laughs> I couldn't barely make it to the chair. I'm like, you've been waiting on me for what? I was scared. Got in her house, sat down, my knees knocking together. She said, she closed her eyes and she pointed at me. She said, God said, you need to receive his servant. I knew what she was talking about. It was my mother. Because I was having dreams about her, but I would wake up because I didn't want to see her. Because he got a message for you. Receive his servant. That was the second time he told me. I went home that night. Please, 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 God, please, 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 send her back, send her back, send her back, shaking in the bed. But I knew it was God, and guess what? When I did receive her, it was what I needed through God. What am I saying? When you get to know him, and he reveals himself unto you, you don't need nobody no more to keep coming to you and saying, God said, God said, God said. So when people give me a word, I don't fall all over the floor because I already know what he said. They just bring in confirmation to what he said. And if they say something that I didn't hear him say, you shelf bound. I'll wait on that. So what am I saying, y'all? He had to go to his people first.
He had to reveal himself unto them first. God is not going to send you nowhere when you don't know he's God. It's too many people going places and don't even know that he's God. And they'll run when somebody jumps. That's not how God operates. He prepares you before he sends you. And that's what he did to Moses. He prepared him for the people and for Pharaoh. So we're going to go through this some more next week if the Lord is willing. And I pray that y'all got something out of that. Because if you didn't, I did. Because the word is mm -mm, good. Hallelujah. Do we have any more announcements? Do we have any announcements? Okay, we good.